we got our weekly podcast coming to you live. And if you hear any background noise, don't worry about it. Roland is in an airport doing his work on the road. That's what we like here at We Got a Memo Podcast. And because he's short on time, we're going to skip the intro. This is still podcasting. And we're just going to have a good time. Talk about March Madness. We got the final four. And yeah, Roland, why don't you take it away? Because you're on the shortest time constraint. All right. Yeah. So, um, I don't, it was pretty. It was a pretty interesting weekend uh, with the Elite Eight and the Final Four, or the yeah, the Elite Eight and the Final Four matchups um, that came out. Uh, I thought that um, the Purdue game was really good. Yeah. Um, like both Purdue games. Um, that and Auburn. Both the Auburn games were crazy. They took down two juggernauts, uh, UNC and Kentucky. Um, and also, uh, you know, you heard it here first from me, uh, which was Michigan State and Cassius Winston and Tom Izzo take down Duke uh, to go to the Final Four. Uh, I think all of our picks, all of our champs are gone. Yeah. Um, no one in our podcast picked a winner. Everyone lost, and there are only one. There are two people <laughs> who have possible points remaining. One being Peter, who has, I think, so him and John both have one pick remaining. Peter has Texas Tech winning, which is a big game, and. Yeah. John O'Connor has Texas Tech winning. So, moral of the story, I believe, unless, I don't know how tiebreakers work, but I think Peter, our friend Peter, is going to be our winner. But we'll obviously verify all that when the tournament's over. But he has 800 points right now. He picked UNC to win, and it all depends on if Texas Tech can beat Michigan State. Yeah. It's really exciting, um, you know, even though all of our brackets fell apart. Uh, I thought it, it was a really fun weekend of basketball. We kind of didn't really see a whole lot of upsets in the earlier rounds, and we, we, we saw, like, all the Giants fall this weekend, so that was kind of fun. I wish Purdue would have beaten Virginia, but it was a, that was a really good game um, going into overtime and all that. So we're ready, guys. Yeah. Um, Xavier, what games, if any, did you watch, have special takeaways from? Uh, I only watched, I watched some of the Sweet 16, but I watched the Sunday games. So I watched the uh, Auburn-Kentucky game, which was a great game. Uh, and then the Michigan State-Duke game. Um, I think if nine times out of ten, I think Duke wins that game. Um but, yeah, I mean, they were good games. I couldn't have asked for a better Elite Eight. They were good games, so I was happy with that. Yeah, but. and for me with the Duke game, they had a close game with UCF, one. They probably should have gone to overtime with Virginia Tech. And then they lost a close game to Michigan State. So, you know, I, I don't want to say it was unexpected or anything, but... I think a part of the factor is 
uh, Duke's youth. But special, I want to give a special shout out to Auburn, who has beaten Kansas, UNC, and Kentucky in three consecutive rounds, losing their best player, arguably, to um, injury. He tore his ACL against North Carolina. And I was, I was watching the Michigan State game, Michigan State Duke game with my roommate, and I was saying, man, if Duke wins this game, I think they got a pretty easy path to win it all. Um, except I said, except for Auburn, because if they shoot like they have been shooting, they're gonna be tough to beat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. They've definitely had some really hot, hard-fought wins. Uh, and I think that was a big factor in why Michigan State was able to able to edge them out. So, and I also want to give a special acknowledgement to Carson Edwards, who was unbelievable in that game against Virginia. He had forty two points and ten threes, and they weren't just like spot up threes. You know, someone would drive and kick it to him. He would run up the court step into a shot, deep threes with a guy in his face, and just drill these threes. It was an amazing performance. He had the most points through four games, I think in tournament history, beating out like Steph Curry, who's obviously one of the greatest shooters of all time. Wow. And he, he put Purdue on his back, and it was great to watch him and Kyle Guy go back and forth, three for three down the court. Um, that and probably the Michigan State Duke game was the best game of the weekend in my book, and I'm going to give the edge to Purdue, Virginia, just because Carson Edwards was unbelievable. Yeah. So, uh, I, who do you guys have as your champion? Let's see. Now, let me, let me... that we've all lost our champions. <laughs> I know. What's your, cha- what's your championship game? Uh, Michigan State Auburn. I like that. I think that's that's mine as well. I yeah. I think so. I'm gonna go with that as well. I you know, but the thing for me is, what if Auburn like cools down? Yeah. Yeah. Because they're smaller and they don't really have. I could be wrong, but I don't really see like a big man for them. They're kind of small and they win on shooting and. Uh, like getting steals, but I feel like Virginia is so technically sound that they could give yeah. Auburn some trouble. Um, but yeah, I, I think Michigan State's gonna handle Texas Tech. Yeah. Even though I didn't know this, but Texas Tech has a guy who's shooting like fifty percent from threes. So I I'm wow. surprised. Um. In that there's a one, only one one, a two, a three, and a five seed, but that's how the cookie crumbles. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, out of the, out of the teams left, I, I'd like to see either Michigan State or Auburn win it. Um, just cause I, like every year, Michigan State's one of the teams that I like to, I like to root for, um. And then Auburn is kind of like the closest thing we really have to a Cinderella this year, so that would be cool as well. So And, come on, watching Bruce Pearl on the sidelines <laughs> is a show in itself. Did you guys see how sweaty he was during yeah. the Kentucky game? <laughs> yep. The man's a legend. 
Plus, Charles Barkley, big Auburn fan. Who doesn't like it when Chuck or Charles Barkley is in a good mood? So, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. It, it should be good. I, uh, I am actually very shocked that Texas Tech is in the Final Four. Yes, um, same. But they obviously earned it. And yeah. Virginia also shocks me because, like I've said, I have to see them win to believe they can win. Because I, yep. I, even though they're in the Final Four, they're the only one seed left. I just don't buy into Virginia. Yep. Yeah. I had Texas Tech losing in the first round. So that, that, tells, <laughs> that shows you how surprised I am. Wow. Yeah. I think I had them going, like, Sweet 16, but I always, I, I feel like I talked about this last week. I feel like I don't really give any credit to Texas Tech or, like, Houston or teams like that. Yeah. Where they're, like, they're, they're pretty good seeds, but it's also, I don't know. Like, I couldn't tell you one of their players or anything yeah. like that. It just doesn't seem like, they're not, like, a front runner for me, so. Yeah. Um, All right. What was I going to say? Oh, I had Texas Tech losing to Buffalo in the round of 32. Um, I think that's the same for me. So, obviously, for our first bracket challenge, We Got a Memo podcast did not do well at all. (laughs) But I think I can say the majority of people are right there with us because 72% of people had um, Duke winning it, and obviously they didn't, so... We will see. Definitely a great matchup. The games were... I don't think there was really a bad game in the Elite Eight. And Sweet 16... I don't think there was any... I mean, Auburn destroyed Carolina, which was a surprise. That was 17. Kentucky won by four. Purdue, overtime over Tennessee. That one especially hurt. Virginia only won by four. Oh, Texas Tech blew out Michigan by 19. Gonzaga won by 14. Michigan State won by 17. And then Duke won by two. So I guess there were some blowouts. But definitely a good basketball weekend all around. Um, I just couldn't get over Carson Edwards. He was just unreal. I, I, can't get, I couldn't get enough of it. So, um, yeah, just making tough shots. So, um... With Duke out, obviously Duke was very emotional because, you know, freshmen, they're probably all going to go pro. And a topic of debate has been what would Zion be in the NBA right now? So, Roland, why don't you kick this one off because you brought it up before we started recording. Um, yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't what is he going to be in the NBA. It was how does Zion stand with Duke players all time. Oh, okay. Um, and, like, this was on an ESPN Snapchat story, so, uh, and it was, like, Stephen A. Smith, and I forget the other guy that he works with. But Max they were Kellerman. Talking about it. Yeah, him. Um, and they both had Zion ranked number two. I can't remember who the guy ranked behind him was, or ranked ahead of him was, um, but some old dude from, like, the 80s or 90s or whatever. Is it based um, on just their Duke time, their time at Duke, or, like... I guess so. Because, like, yeah. Christian Leitner, obviously an all-time Duke great, I don't know how good he was in the NBA. Right, yeah, I think it's. I think it was mostly about, like, their time at Duke. Okay. And that's what, that, that's what I was like, 
one of the things that I kind of thought was odd about that was that he, Zion played three quarters of a season-ish. He got injured, and, you know, he came back late in the ACC tournament uh, and has obviously been playing since, playing fine since. Um, and I was just like, you know, Christian Leitner, you know, won championships with Duke. Uh, he, I feel like he's kind of the one that made Duke like an infamous team uh, that people like don't like Duke. Um, I feel like uh, we were talking about how Grayson Allen was like a longtime captain for Duke, led the team for four years um, until this past spring and all that. So like it was just, uh, I thought it was weird that like, and the, the headline of the Snapchat story was like, was like, they're already retiring Zion's number yeah. or whatever. And I was like, are you serious? But I think that was just clickbait, sort of. Um, it's so. definitely hard to compare because recently all the one-and-dones, you know, Zion's obviously probably one of the best players I've ever seen at Duke. Um, but like you said, how does he compare to all those people that played for multiple years, like a Grant Hill, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was an interesting point of discussion. Um, you know, Duke is, was certainly one of the best teams in the country because they had the best player in the country. Um, you know, they do have have some depth, and I think a lot of their their greatness this year was due to Zion. So, uh, but I just thought it was interesting that people are like you know, already have him ranked, like, number two all-time at Duke, um, so. Xavier, what do you think about all that? Um, yeah, I agree. I think it's tough to determine that just based on, uh, you know, certain details, but, I mean, Zion was a beast in the NCAA tournament, though. I mean, putting up 30 points in, in some games, um, I just, I don't think... I don't think you can judge it by a championship because um, now I think if he led Duke to a national championship, I think he would have been number one. But I think it's tough because I don't think Zion had the help that some players at Duke had. Um, I mean, he had good players around him, but I don't know. I think there's better Duke teams than this this team. So, um, yeah, I don't know about number two, but I think you definitely definitely put him up there for the best just because of the numbers he put up so yeah you bring up a good point because i think that he did especially well in the tournament putting the team on his back and making clutch plays whether it's a getting a bucket or getting that rebound over uh ucf i think he was just down the stretch I would have had no problem if every time they gave him the ball because he was the one consistently making plays. Not the only one, but he was the one that was there to make a play to be had. And he was the reason Duke came back. Like, he was really unstoppable. And Michigan State did a really great job of denying him the ball, playing good defense on him, and being physical with him because I think that is something the rest of the teams they played had a trouble with because he was just too big too strong too fast 
But yep. Michigan State had some real, real upperclassmen that were big and had dealt with it before that could, you know, fend, it, fend them off. Yeah. So, I wish John was on so he could finally explain what the model was. Yeah. Um, my goal after Tennessee was out just was just to beat the model. And we tied. So... So we got... I got mixed reviews. I'm just glad, you know, that I didn't lose to the model. Because I think I'm a better judge than just, you know, a program. But I could be wrong. I just had... I just had a couple bad picks. Like, come on, who would have thought North Carolina would lose? Who would have thought Duke would lose? And Texas Tech would make that part. I don't know. So, yeah. yep. Well, I beat the model, so that's cool, right? I I just I need J- John to like explain, because John wasn't on last yeah, week. Yeah, so he was. Yeah, he was down here with me though this past weekend, and we like mentioned it a little bit while we were watching. Basically, um, so Alice. In her stats class, she run the, ran this program a thousand times, like ran a simulation of the NCAA tournament a thousand times, and then picked the outcomes that for every for every game picked the like winning outcome. So, like Wofford, Kentucky, um, that type of that game, um, you know. Well, obviously she had Kentucky winning it all. So, um, like so if if the if the model says that Kentucky beats Wofford, uh, then Kentucky moves on. Uh, so that's kind of how she went through it. Is she like did pick by pick, um, or like like the, the the it simulated the whole tournament, and then she was able to see where each team, you know, like won and lost and all that. So. Gotcha. Okay. I don't know if that answers your question at all. Yeah, kind of. I just, I John hasn't had a chance to talk about his bracket on the podcast yeah. yet, because um, I would have liked to know his thinking, because his he might have a little different conventional ways of thinking, but definitely he he did like like I said he could still win this whole thing. Actually, I don't think he can, but he's he's in fourth place, so we will see what happens. Um, any other NCA takeaways, guys? No, uh, uh, no I don't think I have any. All right, uh, let's move on. I feel like the NFL has definitely quieted down since like the first week you know we had all those big signings I don't know if we talked about it we had the Odell Beckham trade um, from Giants to the Browns interesting move on the Giants part you know they just signed him to a big contract last year and then they traded him and now he's on Cleveland so Cleveland definitely on paper looks like a very formidable team, especially in the AFC North. Yep. Zay, uh, what's your take on that with the Steelers losing AB and Le'Veon and obviously the Ravens lost a bunch of pieces on defense and the Browns just made moves on offense and defense. Yeah, I mean, I think 
I think Cleveland will have a, a better season, but I don't think they'll make the playoffs. But they're definitely a threat. I think. I honestly would not be surprised if Cleveland uh, it comes in second place in the AFC North. So you don't think that would give them even like a wild card spot? Uh, okay. I could see it. I don't know. I think they definitely The only reason I'm not saying Pittsburgh is because it's uh, uh, Cleveland always puts up good games with Cincinnati and Baltimore for the most part. So, uh, I just, Cleveland hasn't beaten the Steelers in a while. So, I'm I'm going Steelers, Cleveland, Baltimore, Cincinnati. Okay. Because yeah. I was just thinking through it in my head. Let's, division by division, page, division winners. Let's go Patriots. Let's go Chiefs. Um... North, North. I'll give the Steelers an edge just because of their prior experience, and then in the South, I'm gonna go Colts because I'm gonna go Andrew Luck. Okay. And then wild card, I gotta go San Diego for sure at five. Yeah. But then I guess the more I think about it, maybe they won't because the Browns the right now are in the mix, right? You could have the Titans, the Texans, yep. Texans, even the Jaguars with Nick Foles now. Um, yeah. Who knows, maybe the Bills or the Jets will sneak in there. Dolphins, definitely not. And then, you never know with the Ravens. They made the playoffs this past year, so I guess you're right. There's definitely a lot in the air, but the expectations for them are so high. Oh, um, yeah. So, Freddie yep. Kitchens definitely has his work cut out for him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, real quick, I'm about to board, so uh, let's just... Uh, real quick, so my sports moment of the weeks and stuff. Uh, yeah. Real quick, um, Fulham got relegated. That's not a good thing, uh, but that's some English Premier League news. Um, uh, Liverpool beat Tottenham, so John's favorite team against what looks like my favorite team uh, was this weekend, um, which is really good for the title race. Um, and then. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The AAF is weird. Yeah, Xavier and I will hit on that real quick. I, got. I will listen to the rest of this podcast when I land, um, and I will be back on next week. So All right. See ya. See ya, Roland. Travel safe. Thanks. So, yeah, it's Roland's gone, so it's just me and Zay now. Hopefully next week we'll have the whole crew. But one thing Roland mentioned before he left was the AAF. So, Zay, did you read that article Roland sent us? Uh, I skimmed it quickly. Okay, good. I did too. So basically what happened was the owner of the Hurricanes invested like $70 million to the AAF to try to get it going. And he has since stopped operations. So the AAF is just on pause, I guess, um, which is interesting because CBS, I think, said they were going to start putting their games on CBS, like national channels for everyone to watch. So it sounded like things were moving, and now it yeah. just stops. And I don't think this is the first issue that AAF has run into because didn't they like have a problem paying people at one point? Yeah. So 
definitely something interesting's going on there. But I thought it was doing okay. Yeah. I don't know. What'd you think about it? Because I didn't watch I, any of the games. Yeah, neither did I. I thought they were actually... I mean, at least around Pittsburgh, people were talking about it. So people knew about it. And um, at least from... I actually know a couple of people that actually tried to watch some of the games. So I thought it was doing fine. But I think the biggest issue with the AAF is the whole money. Like, I think money is the biggest issue right now. Uh, people don't want to put their money into this yet. Don't trust it yet, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, it's... I, I think it will get there, though. The fan base is probably composed of people who just want to watch any type of football. Um, obviously, friends and family of people in the AAF. And then the biggest thing would probably be NFL, like, executives and people, because, one, they can, like, test out rules and new procedures and, like, the Sky Ref or whatever. And then they could also use it for scouting other players, practice squad players and all that. But in general, it definitely does not have the pull that NFL does. And I was thinking about it today. It was like, I don't want to watch... Like, when college football starts, the first game of the year is, like, two no-name schools. Well, not no-name, but, like, two smaller schools that aren't nationally known. It's just, like, college football's back. But just because a college football game is on doesn't mean I'm going to watch it. So just like the AAF is on doesn't mean I'm going to watch it. And I think that's the case for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I think, well, I I was just thinking if the NFL wants this to succeed, why... Don't, like, NFL owners put in some money? Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I just, that was something I thought of. Yeah, it's a little weird how an NHL owner has put yeah. in more money than a any NFL owners. Yeah. So, we'll see how that goes. Um, other than that, NFL, I think... It's just draft season. There's rumors flying all over the place. Will the Cardinals draft Kyler Murray? Will they keep Josh Rosen? Will they trade Josh Rosen? What will they get for um to the Giants potentially extending Eli but trading Odell? Yep. Um, you know, John Gruden is apparently in love with a bunch of qu- quarterbacks, but he says he's Derek Carr's the quarterback. With Rob Gronkowski retiring, what are the Pats going to do? Just all these rumors. You can't really take anything at base level. you got to take it with a grain of salt. But um, that weekend, it's like three weeks away. Yeah. It's a big weekend for NFL fans. It's a big weekend for Marvel fans. It's a big weekend for Game of Thrones <laughs> fans. That's a big weekend. Yeah. Um, I usually watch all three days of the draft. I might watch two. Because that Thursday, Thursday night, the first round, I'll probably watch because I'm not doing anything. Yep. Friday, I'm going to see Endgame, so I definitely won't watch it. (laughs) And then Saturday, unless I'm completely free and got nothing to do, I may watch it, but maybe not. Yeah. Yep. But it is... Yeah, I'll definitely watch opening opening night. Yeah, because that's just fun. Who do you want the Steelers to draft? Uh... Or what do you want them to draft? Yeah, I don't know about who, but definitely an inside linebacker just because of um, Ryan Shazier's injury. He hasn't been come back yet, 
and I don't envision him coming back for at least a couple years now. So I thought we missed him a lot last season. So I think we need um, like a a Devin Bush would be nice. Um, that would be who I would want, yep. I guess. But I don't see that happening unless we trade up. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that would be my ideal. What about Buffalo? Buffalo, so Buffalo's so tough because one, their GM and their head coach are both very good at like keeping secrets and what they want to do. Um, yeah. And they made a bunch of good signings, like we've mentioned earlier, along the O line. I think they're at a spot with their O line where they would they can really draft best player available because they have signings across the O line, both depth and potential starters. They signed a bunch of weapons in the wide receiver. So the couple people or positions I could see them going is like Ed Oliver with Kyle Williams retiring, you know, big D tackle, pass rushing force, sometimes compared to Aaron Donald, maybe Geno Atkins a little bit. Um, Or I've heard rumors of maybe them getting like Juwan Taylor or Jonah Williams, just really shoring up that offensive line. And then the last pick is tight end. Okay. Um, TJ Hawkinson or Stein from Iowa, and then Noah Fant from Iowa. Both rumored to be, you know, favored with the Bills. They released Charles Clay, and then they only signed Tyler Croft, who's by no means a big name. Yeah. Definitely not feared. So I would not be surprised if they went tight end to give Josh Allen, like, a presence in the middle of the field. But I, I don't know. I think you got to invest in the O-line, really shore up Josh Allen's protection, and see where you go from there. I can't speak for Roland, but obviously, you know, tight ends a position of need in New England. Yep. Um, maybe Tom Brady's successor. They have a ton of picks in the first three rounds, so they could definitely get a good quarterback. Yeah. And then John, I think John's just waiting out for next year so the Georgia kicker can get drafted and <laughs> that's that's the team he'll he will root for. Yep. But I think the biggest moves in free agency in NFL are done. Um yep. the next thing trades will happen on draft night, maybe Josh Rosen gets traded. Who knows? You know. Um Moving on to the NHL, Ovechkin finally got his 50th goal of the season. I think he's at 51 um, for his 8th season, I believe. I think he's on his 8th season. So, you know, obviously one of the greats. There was an article, and I think you could answer this better than I can, Xavier. But will he ever catch Wayne Gretzky? With points? Yeah, let's go with points. I didn't read the uh, whole... I just saw the headline, and it was either points or goals. Uh, no. I don't think he will. Just because... I would be, su- I would be su- surprised if anybody did. Just because uh, he's so far ahead of everyone? Yeah. Um, and the NHL is completely different now than what it was when Gretzky played. Um, so I think it would be very difficult to put up the numbers that Gretzky did. So, yeah, I don't see that happening. All right. Well, playoffs are starting up soon, so definitely tune in to NHL playoffs. In the NBA, the Los Angeles Lakers have been officially eliminated. I think they have for a little while. 
And they are sitting LeBron James for the rest of the season, which is about six games. Yeah. Um, but I think we can agree that it was definitely a disappointment for L.A. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and part of it was injuries, but I think the other part was Anthony Davis, or that whole situation with potentially trading the whole team away. Um, the chemistry not being there, and like I said, the injuries. With If LeBron didn't get hurt, if Rondo didn't get hurt, even if Lonzo Ball didn't get hurt, um, you know, they're a different team. They were in the playoffs before he got hurt. So yeah. MVP races coming down. I think it's Giannis's to lose. Yeah. And, oh, I wish Roland was on t- and John were on. I wish everyone was on. But I don't know if you saw the report, but apparently Big Baller Brand maybe done. Oh, I didn't see that. All right, so there was a report that so so Big Baller Brand is owned by Lonzo Ball. He has like 51%. His dad and his mom have a combined like 32% and then their business manager Alan had like the last 16%. And apparently 1.5 million dollars was missing from Lonzo. And I think it was determined that Allen, like, moved some money around and took it for himself. And so, like, he's, I don't know exactly what happened, but, like, he's out. Lonzo's cut off all communication and access with Allen. And he, like, covered up his big baller brand tattoo on his arm. Hit Lonzo's manager, um, his name's Demo, because I watched the Ball in the Family show put on his Instagram story, like, dump your merch, and he was throwing away, like, Lonzo's shoes. There was a report Lonzo's going to sign with Nike. I don't know. Big Baller brand might be done. Which is, you know, people may not like LeVar, but at least he was, you know, doing something, trying to make his brand good for his family, and he did something different that no one else has done. And for it to be taken down by, you know, someone who they thought was a family friend, it's kind of sad. Um, some, yeah. The people who, like, are glad LeVar's company failed, you know, like, shame on you. Like, you don't want yeah. that to fail. But, like, come on. The the craziest thing, Zay, is that Allen had a previous record for, like, uh, fraud. <laughs> Or, like, he he's done something like this before, and he was, like, in prison before he met the Ball family. Oh, my gosh. So, in one way, you're just, like, like, that sucks. But at the yeah. same time, like, know who you're doing business with. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't sound like that's gonna end well, so. No, and it it, it, it does suck, but. Yeah. Um, that aside, I, I'm gonna bring that up next week so we can get Roland and John in on that, because. Yeah. I think they'll have some entertainment from there. <laughs> but, yeah, it's that sucks. But maybe now I'll start watching more basketball because the playoffs will start. Yep. And real real stuff will, you know, kick into action. Um, do you got anything else? It was kind of a quiet, uh, quiet couple yeah. of weeks. I mean, we, you mentioned it. I think this is the last week of NHL. Okay regular season so playoffs start next week i think so i'm looking forward to that i think i think they said the 10th okay so so that's next wednesday yeah so um yeah nba should be coming up too so yeah i mean 
March Madness ends and NHL and NBA starts, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, such a shame, though, that March Madness is only... There's those two, or one weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where you have games from, like, 12 to midnight. Like, that's just the best. Um, Yeah. And we had it on at work, and then the next weekend, the games started, like, 7 and 6, and you're just like, I wanted to watch it while I was at work, but you can't, so... (laughs) Yep. Hopefully, let's see, Final Four starts on Saturday. The Final Four games are on Saturday at 6 and 8, I believe. And then National Championship is on Monday. So we'll see who's there. Um, If we record on Monday, we'll obviously have our final predictions for the game. If we record on Tuesday, we will have our reaction to the game. So definitely look out for that. Um... Do you have anything else say you want to talk about? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Well, we wish John. We hope John will be on next week because he hasn't been on for a little while. He's been a busy boy. Um, Roland's traveling, so he couldn't get the rest of this. But everyone, keep listening. Um, we enjoy your listening. Let us know. You know where we went wrong with our bracket. Let us know if you want us to talk about something next week. Uh, We try to talk about things that catch our attention, but obviously we miss some stuff. So definitely let us know what you want our thoughts on, what you want to bring up. Um, Yeah, before we go, Zay, favorite moment of the week, if you had one. Oh, jeez. I mean... Just the Elite Eight, I mean, I would say, I think my favorite game to watch was the Auburn-Kentucky game. Uh, that was a lot of fun to watch, Yeah. Uh, going into overtime, so, uh, yeah, that, that, I'd say that game was my moment of the week. I'm going to go with the Purdue-Virginia game, especially Carson Edwards, yep. but I'm going to give a special shout-out to... I don't remember his name, but it was the Michigan player who made the go-ahead three um, because he's like a fifth-year senior, former walk-on. So, like, you don't see that a lot in college basketball anymore, so shout-out to him. Yeah. So, definitely some good games, but we'll see what happens in the Final Four. We'll see what happens for the national championship game. If any big news breaks, you know we'll talk about it here. Let us know, and we will catch you next week.